What's going on, brother? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. All right, let's get another run. What's up, everybody? Okay. Welcome to episode number 42 of Wise Guys Hideaway. I'm your host, Ian Barr. Uh, it's Dave England and Boston Rob. They're going to be with me tonight. So I have another very special guest joining me, Philadelphia Sam. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. About to take a, you know, two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's and all that shit. So don't have to go sky high for a little while. And so just kicking it and trying to do a podcast a day. That's my goal. That's what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for having me. And um, I know you want to talk about Philadelphia, so ask away and we'll talk. Hell yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Angelo Bruno fan. I always thought Angelo Bruno was a, a very underrated boss. He, he kind of gets a lot of hate because he wasn't kill crazy but that's not to say that angelo bruno wasn't you know that he didn't have a couple hundred bodies under his belt that he had ordered uh did you i mean did you ever get to see angelo bruno i mean you grew up in philly right yeah yeah i did um i grew up in philadelphia now i was um i was two years old when he got killed um he's actually buried like five minutes from where i live and i always wanted to visit yeah and i always wanted to visit his grave and um where he lived is like 10, 15 minutes from me. I was just down by Snyder Avenue the other day. No kidding, man. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really know Philly's layout as much as I, I wish I did. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan. Um, yeah. and, the fly, and the Flyers still rank up in, you know, in my line of good hockey teams. But uh, I don't really know Philly's layout like I do New York's or Boston's or obviously Detroit's because I'm from Michigan. Um, yeah. What's like that? The main mob area in, in Philly. South Philadelphia. South Philly. Um, yeah, and uh, Now, that's where, like, um, obviously, Angelo Bruno ran. Uh, Angelo Bruno, born May 21st, 1910, Villa Bella, Sicily. Dies uh, March 21st, 1980 in Philly, gunned down by his uh, – Who were, it was his underboss, wasn't it? His um, concierge, um, Capronigo. Capronigo. Phil, actually, Phil oh, Testa was the underboss. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yep. And uh, and so uh, Capernegro made just kind of made his move, and uh, he's who's alleged to have uh, killed Bruno. But I mean, Bruno, Bruno spoke soft and carried a big stick, you know, in his era. Like he was. Uh, I mean, he becomes boss in 1959. He succeeds Joe I mean, he married his, his high school sweetheart uh, Sue McCona in uh, 1931. They had two children. And I mean, he kind of he lived it sort of like a Carlo Gambino. I always call him the Philadelphia Carlo Gambino, uh, and they were good friends too, weren't they? They were actually um, best friends growing up. Um, Carlo's a few years older, and when Ange came over, he took Ange under his wing. And um, you know, if you followed him like us, you're a historian like us. Ange was kind of very similar to um Carlo. You know, like you said, they weren't like Scarfo, and um. Anastasia, like bodies all over. They were more low key and made a lot of money, and they didn't spend a lot of time in jail, you know. No, very, very, very little. Yeah, they always uh, guys like Carlo Gambino and Angelo Bruno always realize that yes, organized crime has to come with murder. There's no other way people stay in line. This isn't the Salvation Army, as Vincent Ambrose would say. It's not the haberdashery business, and we're not selling fucking pieces. It's it's real gritty real true-to-blue criminal nature shit, but also Bruno and Gambino, I think Gambino taught Bruno 
you don't got to catch a body every other day. You know, that's where you get your Anastasia to where it just kill crazy. And, you know, like you said, the, the Scarfos that are soon to come. But, I mean, Philly's always kind of had a, a pretty tough rep, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even during Bruno's time where, like, things were, you know, docile and quieter. It, it's not like people still didn't get dealt with if they if they did wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's kind of weird with Philly because it was Ange. And then after Ange, people forget Testa was in there for a year. And then he got killed. And then when Scarfo took over, it was the Scarfo Rickabini war. We had that war. And then and then right after that war, Scarfo's in charge. So there's bodies every other night. And then after Scarfo, that's when Stanford took over. And then we had the Stanford Merlina war. Well, I uh I definitely rank Nikki Scarfo in uh the that of a serial killer, same as I do like a Roy DeMeo or uh, an Albert Anastasia. Uh, yeah, like that. they just they like Nikki Scarfo loves murder and Testa. Bill Testa's actually, I think, uh, I mean, he didn't get a very long shot at the family, but I think he's a very underrated individual as the, in the fact of like, I think we kind of overlook him and like the actual amount of you know work he did put in in organized crime. Like, yeah, okay, can't get a long run at boss, but shit, he was uh, Andrew was uh, under boss for what a decade. Yeah, he he was there for years, Testa, and um. Even after Ainge got killed, even Scarfo wanted um, Testa to be the boss. And, um, yeah, Testa was a very quiet, low-key guy, kind of like Ainge, you know. And then I guess it was just like that generation. And then, you know, Scarfo took over, and he loved the murder, and he loved the spotlight. And then um, then Stanford took over, and we had the war. And then um, – Joey, Joey took over. Who I, I think he's a solid boss. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, but he, he likes the spotlight, you know. But that that's it. But but he's a solid boss, you know. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I definitely <clears throat> I definitely feel you. I got a I do got to give it to uh, Phil Testa for one thing. He's the only my boss I know that uh, made it, and I believe it's a Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, after he was killed, Bruce Springsteen has a, a line in uh, one of his songs where it's, uh, they blew up the chicken man. That was uh, yeah. Phil Testa was the chicken man. Why, why'd they call him that? You know what? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if he was, if he had a, um, I don't know too much about Phil Testa. I don't know if he was in business, if he had some kind of chicken business or what, but that's actually a very good question. I know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look into that one because I don't, I don't personally know it either. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because I read a lot of um, Philly stuff, and you're 100% right. that They don't um, they don't talk much about Testa, uh, Another you know, even though he was a boss for a year. Yeah, he's almost, like, forgotten about, and, like, we forget, like, I mean, and then uh, and then his son, um, Salvi Testa, I mean, he was he was a, a tough son of a bitch in his own right, you know what I mean? And Scarfa did him dirty as fuck, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's weird too, because like you just said, you don't, we don't hear much about Phil Testa, and he was the dad and the boss. And when you hear about Philly, the Philly mob more, you hear about Salvi Testa all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, we gotta take into account that uh, that's because of fucking Philly and Eddie. Yeah, he's my least favorite rat. I love. I got mad love for Philly, but man, you guys got my least favorite turncoat. Man, I don't know. Just he's so. I mean, I hope to have him on here one day. Shout, shout out Phil, Philip Leonetti. But, I mean, come on, man. You can't just blame it all on fucking Uncle Nicky, all right? You take some responsibility. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, like he he ranks right up there with like a he's like a tougher Henry Hill. Like both of them are always like they're like I mean I thought I was doing a good thing or my uncle, and then Henry's like I've been here every fucking day. Like I gotta say that's where I gotta give it up to a guy like and a big shout out to him nonetheless, Sammy the Bull. You know what I mean? Who's like I'm out front, I'm on the line, I'm a gangster, I'm a killer. I'm like this is how it happened. And then uh Frank Collada is one of my favorite turn coach too because he's like yeah that's what happened tragedy. Can you repeat the question? You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. They don't really pull no punches. I always feel like Philip Leonetti's like trying to get the audience to feel sympathy for him. It's like, bro, you killed 13 people, all right? We ain't going to feel shit for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> look, look, like the, the thing about Leonetti, like, um, yeah, he, he was a, a stone cold killer. I think, um, I think the thing that really affected him is when, um, his cousin hung himself and his dad didn't care. I think that kind of, um, hurt him a little bit. I think he, I think he cared about his cousin. I've never heard this little tale from the sea. What happened? You never heard of, heard that about Nicky Scarfo's kids? Kid? No, I don't. You got you got to understand, man. Scarfo like it ranks right up there with like the chin for me to where I respect their gangster. I expect I respect what they did, but I study everybody around Scarfo more than I really study Scarfo because I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're just a, you're just I get it. You love killing. It's, yeah, cool. Like go out. Yeah, his um. What happened was, you know, they were going through that court process and they were in the back and Scarfo's kid, his one kid was like, um, I don't want to say a saint, but he, he didn't want nothing to do with the life and his dad didn't care for him. Make a long story short, the kid hung himself and he didn't die right away, but he was in the coma. And when, the, when Nikki found out the news in the back, it was Nikki, Phil and her two lawyers and, um, from what I heard from Phil and I think from one of the lawyers, um, Scarfo said the little jerk off couldn't even do that right. Like, yeah, no, he didn't even care about his kid. I did see that in a documentary once. That's one of those I blanked out because I was like, wow, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and, yeah, and no, think... didn't, he, uh, didn't he say once that he needed to clip his wife because uh, she had a big mouth and she was spending too much of his money, too? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he crazy. He wanted to kill her. He um, he went horseback riding, and the horse went too close to a tree. So when they um put the horse in the trailer thing, they were leaving. He went to a cliff, and he dropped it off a cliff. Um, he shot up a bunch of pagans. He started a war with the pagans. They went to New York to complain about him. He was just he just wanted to take everything over. He was just a maniac. He just wanted bodies all over the news. There's a fun side, side note to that story. Uh, on the reverse side, I, I got to give it to the uh, Pagans Outlaw MC for being the, the only one percenter club that's ever, like, had to go against the mob, but also, like, gave it hell, too. I forget the guy's name. I think his name's, like, Jimmy Pop or, like, uh, 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 Papa Jimmy or something. He was a lieutenant in the Pagans at the time. And two of Scarfo's uh, soldiers, they, uh, they tried to make a move on him, so he ended up catching him a couple days later. He hops in the back seat of the car and he puts a gun to both their heads and they're driving around and they see a cop and they pull off to the side and they say, what are you going to do, shoot us? And uh, when he's telling the story on gangland, he goes, and they thought walking across from a cop was going to keep me from shooting him. I'm a pagan. And he fucking he shot them both in the fucking head and got out and fucking just like, yeah, it's a uh, Philadelphia's definitely got its own, its own swagger. I definitely need to get out there. Like I said, I, I love it. I love Philly cheesesteak too. So, I mean, and um, yeah, that happened. And, and the thing about it is, is, the, the, even to this day, like they, the pagans and um, 
the Italians and um, there's even another group in South Philly. They all got along and set when Scarfo took over. He just wanted to take everything over and you know it's yeah. He's just, that's he was what just the, no no boss before them. You know the pagans have been around since you know Bruno's time. Like I mean when the Hell's Angels and the, and the Outlaws and the Devil's Disciples from Michigan and all that start to spring up, the pagans spring up right along with it. You know it's a it's a trait of the 50s and, and the 60s, you know, outlaw biker gangs start popping up by the masses. And bikers have always loved one thing as much as they've loved their bike, and that's crystal meth. And yeah. They, they've they always sold it. It's always been a thing. That's why they have a patch that says 13 on it, because M's the 13th letter of the alphabet. And nobody ever thought to tax them. Bruno was like, all right, you crazy long-haired fuck. You just stay out of our, you know, stay out of our territory. You do your thing, we do our thing. Same with Tesla. But yeah, Scarfo came in and thought he was going to, Go into I think it was something outrageous too, like twenty five percent, and like they were like, "Okay, fuck you, bro." Yeah, yeah, and um, he was just um, he was just a horrible boss. He, he reminded me of John. I'm not saying Gotti was that bad of a boss, but he reminded me of Gotti with the spotlight, but Albert Anastasia with the bodies. Like he just like when I watched the news and like you know we're historians, we followed him. It was like every night another gangland slain. Watching news again, another murder, another murder. Yeah. Like every other night. Like it didn't pay to be his friend or his enemy. Fuck. I mean, it didn't pay to live in Philly at that point. Yeah. No. Go ahead, man. It didn't. It, and and like I said, um, them guys, like I know some areas that are run by them and and owned by them, and you know, good businesses, you know, good food and stuff, and. Them guys, they want to stay low key, and he was just—he he was just a maniac. The, yeah, you know, there's yeah, no yeah. two ways about it. Yeah, there was the one HBO documentary, Mob Stories, and I forget who the turncoat was, but he was talking about. He's all like, he's like, Scarfo put it out front, so like, just so blatantly, he's like, everybody was showing up to hang out on a yacht. Everybody's you know walking around town all day in two thousand dollars suits. Nobody works. Like, what do you do? Obviously, you're gangsters. Like, you know, like he didn't. Yeah. He, he is. He's. A, if Angelo Bruno is the Philadelphia Gambino, Nicky Scarfo is the Philadelphia John Gotti, but definitely more murder crazy. I agree. He's a he's a John Gotti, but Albert Anastasia. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I wouldn't like I wouldn't put Gotti and kill crazy. I'd put him in uh hot tempered. He had a tendency to fly off the handle, and like people normally would get hurt. But Nicky Scarfo is like a like a whitey bulger. It's like he didn't feel all right if he hadn't had somebody killed in a couple of days. It seems like. Like like Scarfo was like Albert Anastasia, um, Gotti and Merlino are like 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 Merlino's like, you know, he's not a quick trigger trigger guy, but but he loves the press, you know. And, yeah, I mean Merlino Merlino's got uh his uh, claim to fame. He uh he's got some bodies under him though. Oh yeah yeah like well he had that war of Stanford, you know, and then um, you know he did what he had to do, and and I got respect for him because that war of Stanford. He was actually kind of fighting for Ange because Stan, remember it was Stanford and his crew, they were part of turning on Ange. Yeah, yep. They turned on. As soon as Carlo Gambino died uh, in 1976, I mean, it, it did seem like Angelo Bruno's ticket kind of got punched, even though it would take four years to make the move to punch it. It, it did seem like people, uh, like certain members and certain crews and factions in Philadelphia, began to sort of disregard what he said, kind of like how the Gotti crew and several other crews did when Castellano uh, 
was doing his thing. Uh, it seemed like some crews almost instantly didn't respect him anymore. Either that or, I mean, I guess they were probably being, you know, told some merciful things underneath the table. Because, like, Phil Leonetti's always all like, you know, Bruno didn't do much for uh, a street guy, stuff like that in interviews. And it's all like, I mean, is, did, he, did he really not? Or is that what Uncle Mickey's just plugging in your head? Yeah, and, and you got to remember when Leonetti was around, or I'm sorry, when Bruno was the boss, Leonetti was just he was just barely an associate. He was, you know, he didn't get made until like eighty or eighty one. He wasn't even close to being made when Bruno was around. So he was just like a young kid. Him and Salvi got made together, didn't they? Didn't Testa make them both? Yes, yes, yes. I thought, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I remember that hit him pretty uh, hard, too. The story where the guy shoots himself because of those two is fucking out of control. You know what I'm talking about? You want to tell it? Uh, yes. Um, it was during the um, Scarfo-Rickabini Wars, and people don't really realize this. During the, the Scarfo-Rickabini War, Scarfo was in jail that during that time. It was Selby Testa that led that family through victory. They were in trouble yeah. in the beginning. Harry... Harry Harry the Hunchback didn't lay down for them guys, you know? And, um, yeah, it's funny too because he looks like he'd be such like a schmo, you know what I mean? Like, but he, he is a gangster, he's a fucking gangster. His men were loyal to him. Uh, I mean, you can, you can say what you want about the guy, but he had balls of steel, you know what I mean? He, he, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't blink one eye to Scarfa, not one eye. You, you got to give the guy credit. Uh, uh is he still alive? No, ha- Harry the Hunchback died in like 1999, 2000. He was um oh, okay. close to 90. He was born in 1909. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus. I always thought but, it was weird that Bruno always landed that 21st spot. How he was born on the 21st and how he was uh, killed on the 21st. It's always, uh, always a strange phenomenon. I know. And um, his birthday is actually my mom's birthday. Obviously different years, but my mom's May 21st too. Nice, nice. That's awesome. I know that's why I'm biased, and Gambino's my favorite because August twenty fourth, nineteen oh two, August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two. So, <laughs> but but to answer your question about that guy shooting himself, um, yeah, it was during the war, and I'm not hundred percent sure if it was Phil or Salvi because I heard rumors on both, but I know one of them walked down the street, and they were scary people, and they were staring at him through a window, and um, the guy. Guy knew he was in some serious trouble, and he just killed himself. I know it's uh, Leonetti said that Testa said later as they walked. He says, uh, he says, Phil, you know these people are terrified of us. We don't even have to do nothing anymore. These guys will kill themselves. You know. Yeah, yeah. But once Harry, Harry went to jail, that that was really the end of them. And then, um, unfortunately, fortunately, that's when Scarfo took over. And then, um, there was a time. Chucky, you know the, the guy that was with them too, Chucky. Um, Chucky, uh, all right. Yes, Chucky is Joey's dad. Oh he, no! He, yeah, okay, all right. Well, I figured there's some relation. Yeah, that was Nikki's underboss before Leonetti, and um, he was in a bar one time, and the and the kid got scared, and I think the kid even like tried to call the cops and tried to like confessed to a murder or something just to get off the streets to get away from them. Like he was petrified of these people. Like they were scary individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was the but, fucking wild West until during that, that mid eighties, late eighties. Cause I mean, so, so we tried to leave, you know, Scarfo's 
regime all, all the way to victory. And how's your wording? In 1984, he fucking flipped because Scarpa's all like, mm, you're getting a little too big for your britches, kid. Like, you know, his one and his dad, quote unquote, best friends. Like, how do you sleep on that one, man? But, like, clipping, well, clipping your best friend, Bob, is one thing. Like, clipping his kid, come on now, man. Well, and the kid that won the war for him when he was in jail. And, and um, in the interviews, I know you listened to the Phil and Phil the Unetti interview and the Ralph Natalia interview. Um, yep. Ralph Natalia was actually 100% right. He was, um, he was jealous of Salvi because when Phil got the headlines, Nikki was all proud of him. And then the only reason Nikki did that is because some guy wrote an article about Salvi Testa. He had no say on what people write about him. Right. You, you know, and then um, that's when Scarfo turned I mean, on him. And oh, he's a good young kid. He's gonna take that flambo. He's almost gonna take that Dapper Don status like long before the Dapper Don. You know, what I mean, especially I mean, at least in Philly, like Philly's Dapper Don, and because you know Scarfo he ain't, he ain't nothing to write home. Oh, he's five foot five. Looks like I mean, dude, he looks like a gremlin. Like for yeah. real, like you know, like. See, the thing with Scarfo is. He knew who he, who he could push his weight around with. Like he didn't do that up in New York, you know. And um, no, it was funny. He, I will say, he did play it close to the chest when you know he got around other families. Who he was still the Gambino family still always back Philly, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, they did. And um, when Scarfo was in there, the, the Genovese did too. Like New York and Philly's always like none of them were ever at war, you know. Like and um. Yeah. When the Gambinos did when Ange was in there because Ange and Cardo were close. And um, when Nicky took yeah, over, I know, I know Nicky. Carlo had proxy vote and uh, Bruno the same. You know, if, if one couldn't attend a, a commission meeting, which was more likely to be Bruno than Carlo. But for, for whatever reason, uh, they had each other's proxy vote. It was like, listen, I don't care what you decide on whatever decision, you know, I'll back you. They sort of had that agreement with each other. But like you had said before, uh, Gambino uh, was sort of, you know, Bruno's mentor, and Bruno was sort of his protege. So, I mean, kind of kind of is Philadelphia's Carlo Gambino, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a way. Like, I always consider that. Like, I, I call it a Philadelphia family. I call it the Bruno family, you know. And um, some people call the it the Bruno. And some people call it the Bruno Scarfo family. But to me, that's like calling it the Gambino Gotti family, you know. You know, exactly. it's only it's only so much smaller that they that they do shit like that. They yeah. do the same thing in Detroit. You know, every time somebody in Detroit took over, it became the like you know from the Zarelli family, and then like and just on and on and on. And, you know, every time a new head you know lie the crown, they're you know they kind of just take over because it's so so much more tiny. Same with how it was always just the Alpha. You know, it was they were never even called uh, a family. Uh, the only one I can say I think held it down them and only them was the Rizzutos. I'm pretty sure there were no. There might have been one family prior to them, but like the Rizzuto is fucking, they held it down. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Now, uh, actually, uh, if I memory serves me right, I do think Sammy the Bull and Nikki Scarpa were actually uh, pretty close. Yes. Um, Nikki Scarpa, Sammy the Bull and Leonetti were very close. And then um, Scarpa, like all four of them, Scarpa, Gotti, and all of them were close. So. Yes, they had a close relationship. I think Leonetti's one of the I think Leonetti's one of the people uh, talked to Gravano about flipping. Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't Leonetti actually become the first underboss to flip? Yes, yes, he did. And um, 
I I can't believe he I can't believe he got the deal he did because they had they had him on ten murders and when they when they flipped they already had Nikki for a life sentence in fifty five years and they let him and they let him out after five years. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's that crybaby fucking my uncle, my uncle, my uncle thing, man. Fucking shit works. Yeah. So, Leonetti, shout out to you, man. I mean, fuck, I'm not your world's biggest fan, but, I, I mean, I respect your gangster. I know you'd have quit me back in the day. Come on here. I'm fucking, I'll pay you. Shit. Sammy, Sammy, you come on too, man. All of them. All of them. I want all the remaining guys that are alive to eventually pop by the hideaway, man. For real, for real. And, re- and remember about Leonetti. Um, when he flipped, his uncle was in jail because remember they lived in the same apartment building. When they they moved, him him and his wife and everybody he left with, they they broke into malls and stole millions of dollars of his uncle's money and took off with it. No shit. Yeah, like he's got a good life now, like his own business and stuff, and like he he don't struggle with money and stuff. Don't don't. Don't um let him hold that out on you. He stole millions of dollars from his uncle that that that, that used to that Nick used to put in the walls. I know, I did, and I did hear one time though that he was actually revoked from testifying because his and uh, Sammy's testimonies didn't quite line up. It was, I mean, it was overall the same, you know, song and dance at the end, but they, yeah. there was missing. They eventually just told him, you know, you're like, no, don't worry about it. So I've always thought, you know, I mean, I no no fucking. No shame to either of them, man. Get it how you're living and get that fucking 50 to 100 years. I mean, however you had to live it, you lived it. I didn't live that life. So I personally can't say how I'd have fucking done it. I'd have liked to think that I'd have gone out with my boots. I probably would have got myself killed. I wouldn't have ever had time to flip. I, I mean, I probably honestly would have got myself flipped. So. And that, and that, bullshit, and that bullshit he said where um, he, he flipped before he talked to the FBI and he didn't have a deal made. Don't believe that bullshit either, because that's got to be made before they even think about it. it yeah, that's got to be part of that. Uh, they did gas pipe dirty as fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he he said he was um. He Leonetti said he he um. You know he he was going to flip, and then he didn't know the deal he was going to get. But excuse me, I think that's bullshit. I think he knew exactly the deal he was going to get before he flipped. I thought the lawyers had yeah. to talk about that, don't they? They have to come up with some sort of like agreement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, odds are you're going to go do some sort of time. You know, like Sammy went and did five years, and he ended up going and doing twenty more because you know he's just a gangster. But uh, shout out Sammy the Bull, love the podcast. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Philly and Eddie. Uh, what, what did he he did he do any time at all? He did five years. He did five years, five months, and five days. A five 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 stretch, Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean that seems it, right. You get the head of the family. We'll give you, you know, a reputed murderer. Five five quick years. God, I love the feds. Man. They're they're the biggest gang on the streets. They ain't they ain't nobody rich and powerful in the feds. But but that's the thing about it. They already had the boss of the family for fifty five years and and a life sentence, and and they let him out for um ten murders and. He didn't even have to testify against Gotti, and all the other people were like a lot littler than them. They let him out, after, you know, for that. I mean, I'm guessing that's just a number scheme. You know, if I was sitting there and I was a fifth, like, yeah, all right, we got Scarfo. But you also seen that, like, Scarfo's ordering the murders, committing some of them, but all these guys out here are a bunch of fucking cowboys. You'd like to see them all go down, you know what I mean? You're, you're, like, you're Frank Montes, you know? You're, you're, uh, I mean, and, and he, 
anybody who's left at that point. Uh, what I would brings up another question of mine is Sal Merlino related to Joey? Sal Merlino, Salvatore Merlino. Yeah, Salvatore Merlino is Chucky Merlino. It's the same person. Oh no shit! All right, all right. That's my bad. I'm high, man. I smoke weed and shit. That's my fault. That's okay. So, so, so do I. That's what I was just doing. Um, yeah. So Chucky's his nickname. Salvi is his um real name. And yes, that's Joey's dad. And then his uncle was the, one of the guys that turned on Scarfo Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay. Marino. All right. All right. That makes sense. Is uh, is Skinny Joe still the boss out there? Uh. He says he's not, but he's down in Florida now. But um, a couple of them just got out on bail. They just a couple just got arrested like maybe a month ago for like gambling, which is really just bullshit now. And um, he says give him some time. He, he says he's not, but he's down in Florida. He he's got a four hundred thousand dollar condo. He's driving around in a Rolls Royce. But um, I, me personally, I still think he is. I still think he is, and um. I just think he's isolating himself and staying down there. And I think he grew up a little bit and got a little smarter, you know. No, most most definitely. Hey, man, shout out to Skinny Joe. I don't give, I don't give a fuck. He might not might not have been the most Wall Street style boss, but man, ladies loved him, and he he definitely definitely flaunted it right. You know, Philadelphia's giant. Was it Prince Street? Uh, John Gotti? Isn't that what they call him? Pass Young Pass Avenue, John Gotti. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yep. But, yeah. No, man. I mean, he uh. I, I keep forgetting who he made his allegedly. I'll say allegedly because he's still free and I ain't trying to get clipped. Uh, who he allegedly made his bones on. Uh, and I know it's a, a pretty reputable name, and I just I, it won't come to me. Yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about because he was um. Oh, he he shot. They think he was the one who shot Scarfo's son on Halloween night when Scarfo was in jail to take okay. over. Okay, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yep, yep. It, I knew it was something. It, it it was well planned. If it was him, I mean, it was never proven. So I'm not sitting here saying it was him because it was never proven. So let me let me put that on record. And um, yeah, I want to go on record. Allegedly, allegedly. Keep doing your thing, Joey. Keep doing your thing. Love you over here at the hideaway. I'm talking. The harder you flaunt, the more shit I got to talk about, brother. Keep rocking. And um, it was Halloween night. And he, the guy went in there like a trick or treater with the mask on, a scream mask, and um, went in there and he had a Tech Nine, and he shot Scarfo something like eight or nine times, and and he dropped the gun just like in The Godfather, dropped the Tech Nine right there and, and left, and um, they could, they never knew who it was. Right, nineteen ninety four is fucking uh, Godfather hit right there, man. Just bring it up into the nineties, and, it's, and that's, it is the exact same thing. They're on the screen mask. You got the old Tech Nine school season, fucking go over the house like a trick or treater. Blah blah blah. That's all she wrote. Like, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, that was that. That is exactly the thing. I'm glad you summed that up. But another thing I do love about film too is you guys have the number one most mistaken identity monster picture of all time. Hundred percent. Now, down my mind, Google. If you Google Billy Bat, like you're, you when you first start looking into the mob like I did and uh, Goodfellas is obviously where you start you're like well who were these real guys and you go down the rabbit hole from there you're going to get uh, a Philadelphia mobster by the name of isn't it uh, Pat the Cat well what is it Pat the Cat Splat- Splitro or Splatro or something I know who you're talking about yeah. yeah yeah Scarfo had him killed because um 
Scarf fell on him to kill somebody, and and he was talking to his captains about it, saying like, "We have no reason to kill this guy." Like Scarfo just wants to kill, kill, kill. And apparently the hit took took too long, so Scarfo had him killed because the hit didn't get done quick enough for Scarfo. I read up about him. Uh, I mean, which is the only stuff that uh, Vincent Apra sent me. Big shout out to Vinny Apra over there in Holland, living his best life. Fucking hope you're hope you're fucking staying healthy, brother. Need you around for this shit. But uh, he was a good earner, Pat the Cat, from everything I read up on him. So, like, Starfo gave more fucks about, like, did you get that hit done? Like, no, man, I still haven't found him yet. Like, well, it's been two days. Like, you know, you're running out of time over the fact that, like, this guy's probably handing you a half a million dollar, million dollar fucking briefcase every six months. And, like, you're still like, no, I don't care. We'll make yeah. more money somehow. Like, you know, like, that's just insane to me. Yeah, Scarfo was, he was just, I mean, he 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 was a crumb. Like he was no good. Like, yeah, like guys like that, like the Mayo, Scarfo, Albert, Anastasia. They're good, like enforcers to have on the side. You know, call them when you need them. But yeah. but they're not boss material. No, no, I would have never put Roy DeMeo in charge of anything. But the, I'd actually only given him a couple of guys. He gave, they gave him too many guys. Yeah, you you know, do you think? Oh, Talking about Roy and like Nikki and, and and Anastasia and guys, do you think all them guys were um ordered or, or do you think they did a lot of them on their own just because they were psychopaths? With with the male, because like that's where a lot of people misinterpret what a sociopath and a psychopath is. And to be in the mob, you usually are one or the other, or you're you know nature you know one of the extreme types of circumstances. But sociopaths tend to be more brazen. They tend to be more uh like outburst material. That's where they say Tommy DeSignone was actually both. He was he was sociopathic and like enough borderline psychotic. I think Roy DeMeo was a, a pure psychopath because he doesn't commit a murder till he's 31. He commits his first murder and then a- after his very first murder, he decides he knows what he wants to do with these bodies. It, he wants to dismember them. And as Joe Coffey said a million times, a quote a thousand times on this show, he's like, a lot of these guys, I mean, they were street guys. They were, they were guys you could have clipped to, you know, in the bag of the head and left them behind a the dumpster. They had enough enemies that the police still would have never solved it. You didn't need to cut them up. You didn't have to cut them up. You wanted to, you know, like. Yeah. And the, and the thing about Roy, cause I was watching a show on him. I think, um, I think him losing his brother really like kind of, I think that there's something to him, you know? No, most definitely everything. But like, that's the thing that I like. I do truly believe in a lot of psychologists do too about sociopaths and psychopaths. And sociopaths can be made, like you know, nurturers, nature, stuff like that. Psychopaths you're kind of born with. Like nobody made Ted Bundy how he was. Ted Bundy, you know, rough childhood. I don't give a fuck. You don't rape and decapitate an admitted 33 to 36 women when they think it's actually 100 and yeah. photograph it. And then your final words are, you know, I don't feel guilt. I pity those who feel guilt. Like, yeah, you're psychotic, bro. Like, you're a psychopath. But like, like the only thing I can think of is because, like, you know, we're, you know, we're not serial killers like that. But the only thing I can think of, like, it's just something that they're born like with in their brain. Like, you, you can't. It's, it's, you don't feel. You feel. You kind of like a robot. Yeah. It's it's just in their blood. Yeah, like it's, that's natural to them. Like yeah. it, it's just I guess yeah. I, I'm assuming they're just born like that. Like that's the only thing I can think of. You know, I'm not a doctor or a psychiatrist. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But uh, just from like the people I study, because I study all facets of, of crime. You know, I study. I'm writing a true crime novel about uh, the Columbine High School massacre. Uh, 
I'm trying to set it so that like it comes out in 2024 because it'll be 25 years since the massacre and we haven't learned anything. Uh, but you know, I study that. Uh, I'm not big into serial killers because it's just like it's just a little too much for me. I'm like, all right, this is gross. But I do still, I know, I know the, the big players, I know the big names, your Dahmers, your Gacy's, your, you know. And yeah, there's something different in people. Same with uh, how like. I wouldn't classify John Gotti as a psychopath. I'd classify him as a sociopath. Real loud, real brazen. Like, he'd have big blow-ups, big uh, outbursts. Most yeah. psychopaths don't do that. Cool, they're calm, they're collective. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are those ones out there like uh, like a Scarfo, you know, to where he's still, he's still a psychopath. Like, but he, he, he falls in, like, closer to the sociopathic category. Sociopaths are usually a little more disorganized. You but, know what I mean? But, but, the, but the difference between, like, Scarfo DeMaio and Tommy DeSimone and Anastasia and them guys is don't do it to anybody. The difference between like Gotti and the other people in that family is they just keep it in their life. You know what I mean? Like th- there has to be a reason for it. You, you know, they're not just going to go yeah. out and, and do it to somebody. The, like DeMaio maybe would, but the other guys are just going to keep it in their life. You know what I mean? And and I see the difference in that. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, like, most definitely. Well, I mean, Anastasia would just have anybody killed. That's that's half of what got him killed. Yeah, I think I think that's but, what um, but everybody kind of blames Cardo for that because when he went, Cardo took over. But I, from a few things I've read, now I'm not 100 percent sure because I've read a few things. But I think Vito was behind Vito Genovese was behind that hit just as much. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was honestly probably like 75, 20, and then five. 70% Vito Genovese pushing it and, like, really gunning for it. Tyler Gambino being like, well, this benefits me, so I'll slide in. And then the 5% of, like, the commission, everybody else being like, yeah, you know what? He had a good run. He's kind of a loose cannon anyway. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, well, what well, a story I got is the reason they did it is because he killed an innocent guy for some reason that had nothing to do with them. And them old-timers. he was on yeah, Willie Boy Moretti caught the bank robber. He had gotten Willie Boy Moretti caught. He was just like a shoe shiner or something. He's like a 20-year-old kid, young kid. And he was on the news, and he was proud. And Anastasia seen it and just was irate. And he's like, uh, you know, I hate I hate squealers. Whack them. There's actually a really good documentary on that by uh, uh, Craig Timmons over there at the NCS. And a uh, big shout-out because uh, our last recording screwed up, so I didn't get to give him a shout-out to uh, Casey Robert McBride. We did a Zoom episode earlier, and then like an idiot, you know, fucking the weed smoker that I am, uh, I lost the link. So he's going to be good enough to come back again and chat with me, and it'll be the first episode for Wise Guys Hideaway on Zoom. So you'll see video, and uh, we'll still upload it to Anchor. And it's going to be a good time. 2021 is going to be a big year. We, uh, we got Ciro DiPaggio lined up. We got uh, Seth Ferranti. He's going to see uh, his projects. They're all done and in the making. I'm going to get Scott M. Bernstein on here at some point, even if I, you know, I got to pay him. I'll pay whoever to come on this show, to be honest <laughs> about it. If like, you're actually worth a fuck, you know what I mean? But just don't don't help me about it. You know? Don't be a uh, eh, never mind. We don't we don't we don't gotta go down that road again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, nonetheless, man, it's uh it's it's always fun to just have everyday people on here too. That's why I was pushing to try to get you on here. I wanna get Jonathan O'Connell from uh, South Boston on here from Somerville. How you doing, Ked? Uh, I know he's having a hard time right now, but yeah, uh Vincent Apper will never do one, but God I'd love it if he did. But yeah, no, man, I just, I know we're all passionate about this shit and I had to do something with it or I was going to lose my mind. I mean, writing articles and all that stuff is cool, but I got real into Joe Rogan real hard and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want a podcast. Now, now, now when we do this, because I'm not good with this technology stuff and I'm learning a lot of it, uh, you know, as you can tell, um, like how we're doing this, a show like this, 
could we do a show like this and have uh, more people on at the same time? Oh, yeah, man. We could put six, seven motherfuckers on here. I don't really ever like to go past four because you already see how you and me have, you know, no, go ahead. No, no, never mind. You're good, brother. No, go ahead. You know, four people, you can still kind of do it, but like five, six, I mean, you start to, you start to get like one of those panels on like one, uh, when people are running for president and like everybody in their panel just doesn't shut the fuck up. I hear you. you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally, uh, David England from over there, jolly old. Oh, I might. And then uh, Boston Rob, Hajima, don't don't lose your khakis. Uh, yeah, I'm just throwing out all my fake accent. I don't have a good Philly though. The only th- the only thing I can do with Philly, uh, Philadelphia. I don't I like I don't know. You guys got your own little. You guys got your own twang, most definitely. But our own little accents, I guess. You guys got your own little. You guys got your own little accents. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of ones that. Not at the tides tend, or I mean, I I don't know. I have a hard time with you guys. Can, can you Jersey t- Brooklyn? I got. Can you tell him from Philadelphia when you listen to me talk? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your A's, man. <laughs> it's all in the A's with with Philly. <laughs> it, it, Philadelphia. It's funny because I I don't I don't feel like we don't have accents, but 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 you know what? I guess anywhere you live, you got an accent. It's just you know, if you just meet somebody in a different area, you got an accent. You know. That, oh, Michigan, bro. We don't say we, milk like you guys. We don't put an I in milk. We put milk like E. Like we throw E in milk. Like I'm, I'm from the Midwest. We got the worst accent, man. That's why I love having East Coast people on here. I'm like, fuck yeah, come on, man. Then people don't have to listen to my Midwest ass <laughs> or crack shitty jokes and just go on tangents about crazy shit. <laughs> it, it's funny because we got um straight around here. It's called um McDade Boulevard. And um, but it's spelled MacDade M A C, but I guess the A would be so yeah. it's it's pronounced McDade. <laughs> That's hilarious. It, hey, t- say uh, say tide, say tide's turn for me real quick. Okay. Yeah, just just say like tide's turn, like you know, like if the waves are like when someone's like, oh, it looks like the tides are turned. Say say that for me real quick, because that's that's another one that gets me. It's like the the t- uh, the way you guys say tide. The tides are turning. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, man. Something about that DE that just rings off your guys' off your guys' speech so much better. <laughs> the only uh East Coast accent I don't really like is like how in New York you get like New York City and then like you get up into Buffalo and stuff like that and it like just kinda I don't know. I don't know what happens to it. Like it almost turns Midwest, but it doesn't. But it <laughs> like I don't know, it's weird. That in Ro- uh Rhode Island, uh besides like how it ties into Boston and stuff like certain parts of Rhode Island have a weird new English kind of accent. I don't even know what Maine sounds like, to be honest about it. I don't, I don't know if anybody really does. I don't, I don't know too many people up there. So I, I can't answer that. Like I, I, I'm not good with accents like where people are from. I could tell like maybe a Southern accent or like a Latino yeah. or something, but that's it. Well, I got a lot of family down South, so they kind of break up. Cause like I said, the Midwest, pretty much the Midwest, but then you got Chicago, uh, the higher you get in Wisconsin and stuff, they start talking more like your hoosers, you know, like uh, you know, Fargo, eh? You know, I mean, that's North Dakota, but uh, you know, out in L.A., everything's L.A. Uh, Texas got kind of a weird, still straight talking, but Texas, real Texas. And then Louisiana, they just mumble. Louisiana actually probably is one of the hardest states I've ever tried to understand. 
<laughs> and then you get the weird ones like Ohio. They just like because I've been working out of Ohio uh, recently a lot. Uh, shout out to Augusta Tower Technologies. Thanks Ryan Mason for employing me so I can do this shit on the weekends. But uh, yeah, they uh, like halfway through Ohio, they talk like us, and then the other half through Ohio, all of a sudden they're like, "How y'all doing?" I'm like, "What the hell? We're not even in Tennessee yet. What are you guys doing?" <laughs> That's another thing we don't say say around here. We don't say y'all. We say use. Use, yeah. Hey, use. How you doing? Yeah, no, that I, I've always liked that. Uh, what uh, it's like it's like jerseys even got down to like jag off or uh, gravy when they're like, hey, what's all what's the meat gravy? Like, yeah, that's only like a jersey thing, you know? Yeah. Jersey. <laughs> but um, yeah, no man, you guys definitely definitely got a cool ass city though. How how often do you visit Philly? Like, have you ever been here, or do you plan on coming back? Never, except uh, I've never been to Philly except in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the mob documentaries I've I've watched. But uh, I'll tell you, man, I feel like I could take you. I I could probably take you through a lot of Southie just like just from watching those documentaries. I'm gonna get lost, but like I was actually pretty impressed. Like when I did go to Chicago uh, for Lollapalooza, like. I wouldn't have been able to drive you anywhere, but when people would like when my Uber driver would be taking me places, it'd be like, Oh yeah, okay, no, I I, I still I know where we're at. I actually stayed in the hotel uh like ten miles from where uh Palatro and his brother were beat to death in the basement, allegedly, by the O'Hare airport. Okay. Before they were dumped in Indiana. Okay. At that cornfield on the way too. That's the cornfield they were found in. Wow. Yeah. I mean there's there's definitely a lot of history in Philadelphia here and um yeah, I mean, if you come here, if your girlfriend, or whatever, whoever you want to bring, you know, we'll take a couple nights out and have fun and great places to eat. And I'll show you the historic places for the mob and where a lot of stuff happened at, you know, and we can go. Yeah, visit- not only the mob, even the country in general, you know what I mean? You guys got the mafia and fucking you're the, the like one of the founding, if not the founding city. Yeah. And, um, you know, to wrap it up. It would be great because me and you talk about it all the time. We could go visit Angel's um grave. Yeah, I, I really, I actually really want to visit uh Bruno's grave site. I also would really like to visit. I don't know what it is now, but Phil Tester's house, wherever wherever it was they blew up the chicken man. Uh, yeah. I'd really like to see that site too. Yeah, you, you know, I'll Google up that address, and you know, we can drive by. We'll drive by Bruno's house. Um, you know, drive by where some of the um, wars happened between um Scarfa and Ricky Bean- Beanies. I know where it all happened at, you know. So, yeah, we can definitely. Oh yeah, man! I got a, a big East Coast trip trip to make next summer, man. I gotta get out and see Boston Rob. I gotta see you, Paulie G in Brooklyn. How you doing, Paulie? Or the Bronx? My, my bad, boy. I'm pretty sure you're from the Bronx. But yeah, man, I got a big East Coast trip to do next summer. I think I'm just gonna rent a car and drive. Yeah, I mean, you will have a great time here. A lot of um. A lot of history here, and especially like about the stuff we talked about, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here with me, brother. Like I said, I'm trying to do a, a an episode a day because I got two weeks off from uh, you know, being sky high. So I'm trying to keep cranking out, trying to keep better and better, you know, trying to make wise guys a household name. So I appreciate you coming on and talking Philly with me, man. I don't got too many Philly boys. Any any time, and remember. New York's only an hour and a half away from here. You know what I mean? It's not like New York's like, um, uh, I'm not saying it's close, but you know, you, two hours tops. You're in Manhattan. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, Atlantic City's what, like 80 miles from you? Yeah, Atlantic City's probably about 45 miles. I'm sorry, not 45 miles. Um, 45 minutes from here. Hell yeah. No, hell yeah. I definitely want to hit that up, too. Well, uh, you got anybody you want to give a shout-out to before we sign off, and then I'll do my plugs, and then we'll get out of here? No, just um, just the whole group. You know, just the whole group. I All the group friends, the Gambino family, this thing of ours. I'm also in another group. I don't know if you're in it. I know Dan, Danny's in it. Um, it's called South Philly Men of Minor. Um, just all the, oh, all, all the have to peep in. Just all the groups, you know, and just keep everything going. Keep we'll keep the history going and keep learning from each other. That's all. Hell yeah. I wanna give a big shout out to Sierra DePaggio, the mob king coming twenty twenty one. We'll have him on here soon. Big shout out to that guy. He's been showing me a lot of love and I appreciate it. You know, fucking all-star like him, fucking helping fucking small time like me and Boston Rob House is what it's all about. Shout out to Art Thing Clothes and Apparel, which this podcast is a uh, an endorser of, uh, most definitely. Uh, big shout out to Scott M. Bernstein, Vincent Abra, once again, Seth Ferranti, uh, Casey, Casey Robert McBride. We're going to do that Zoom episode soon, brother. I really appreciate you. Ain't a better Costello expert out there. Fight me about it. Uh I mean, just all the boys, man. Just everybody who's out here helping me make this possible and helping me, you know, chase this dream. I appreciate all of you. Uh, happy holidays from everybody here at the Wise Guys Hideaway. And Sammy, thanks for coming on, brother. And thank you for having me.